Good morning, faithful listeners. You have tuned in to the P40 Ministries podcast, the one place where you can get a daily explanatory Bible reading to start your day strong. This is your host, Jen, bringing you a brand new episode out of Matthew. Hey there, good morning, friends and faithful listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in to the P40 Ministries podcast this morning. As always, I am your host, Jen, here. And I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about my Alive Coloring devotionals. I've already talked about them quite a bit, but I'm just so excited about them. They are finally on Amazon Prime, just to let you guys know. I'm not actually sure if I mentioned that or not, but they're on Amazon Prime, and I'm actually going to drop a link to them in the bio of this podcast episode, unless you're listening from Apple Podcasts. You'll have to go and find them yourself because because I cannot drop links into uh, Apple Podcasts for some reason. It's it's a horrible design. But one way or the other, make sure to search a live exclamation point coloring devotionals. And that will pop up on Amazon as two separate books, an adult one and a children's one. Now, the adults can do the adult one without the children and vice versa. The children can do the children's one without an adult. But when you put the two books together, it makes for a really interesting experience of Holy Week. And it's a great parent-child activity to do together is to learn the devotionals within the books and to color the pictures and do the activities that are listed in the books. I spent a long time and a lot of uh, blood, sweat, and tears to get those books out in time for Easter, and they are finally out. So definitely take a look at those, and uh, if you know a mother and a few kids, gift them for Easter or get one for yourself. But let's go ahead and read Matthew chapter 18 today, verses 15 through 22. I will be reading out of the W.E.B. version of the Bible this morning, mainly because the W.E.B. version is in the public domain. So I like to use that one because uh, it's, it's a really great version that they made completely free for on-air purposes. But you can read out of whatever version you prefer, whether it's the NIV or the NLT, whatever you prefer, go ahead and read out of that version. But let's go ahead and read this Matthew 18 verses 15 through 22. If your brother sins against you, go, show him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained back your brother. But if he doesn't listen, take one or two more with you, that at the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the assembly. If he refuses to hear the assembly also, let him be to you as a Gentile or a tax collector. Most certainly, I tell you, whatever things you bind on earth will have been bound in heaven, and whatever things you release on earth will have been released in heaven. Again, assuredly, I tell you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they will ask, it will be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the middle of them. Then Peter came and said to him, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Until seven times? Jesus said to him, I don't tell you until seven times, but until seventy times seven. This passage of scripture is all about conflict resolution, resolving conflicts in a healthy manner. You see in verse 15 that if there is somebody that is a Christian 
and you are also a Christian, and that person who is a Christian offends you or hurts you in some way. In other words, sins against you in some way, does something terrible to you, steals from you, uh, insults you, does something. Then the offended person, Jesus says, is to go and talk to that person. So this requires a little bit of humbleness. A lot of times when we are insulted or feel offended by something, we want to go around and gossip about that person that did this awful thing to us, or we want to stew about it or not forgive. Going to that person first requires a couple things. First off, it requires the heart to forgive. You may not have forgiven them yet, but it requires the heart to forgive. It also requires you to swallow your pride and talk to this person about something they did that offends you. And you know, Jesus tells us to do it this way. So there's something about doing it this way that works wonders. And I actually know this from experience. A long time ago, I had a friend who did something to me that I just did not appreciate. And I was so upset about it. And this was back when I still lived with my parents. So this was, a, this was a while back. This was probably like 10 or more years ago. My mom, I, I was telling her about this thing. And she's like, you need to talk to your friend and explain why this hurt you. And I was like, I don't want to. And she's like, no, you need to do it this way. And she actually showed me these verses. And she's like, you will become better friends with that person if they listen to you. So I took my mom's advice, which I don't often do to my, my detriment. <laughs> but I took my mom's advice. And I went and I talked to this person and I told her how she had offended me and why. And she sat and she listened to me. We ended up bonding over that moment. You wouldn't think that you would, but we did end up bonding over that moment. And I really experienced how this can work. And we're still very, very close friends to this day. So it's interesting how it works. Jesus says here, don't gossip about that person. Don't go around badmouthing them over what they did to you. They might not even have known that they hurt you in that way. It says you need to humble yourself and go and talk to that person. Tell them why you were offended and what they did to hurt you. It says you will have gained back a brother if they listen to you. It says that in verse 15. It says, though, in verse 16, if he doesn't listen to you, then you must take one or two more people with you. That at the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. So basically, if that person doesn't listen to you and they're like, no, I didn't hurt you. You're being ridiculous. You're stupid. Whatever they say. You are supposed to take two more people with you, one or two more people with you. So don't still don't talk about it to everybody, but take two people who you trust with you. Sit down with that person and be like, okay, so this is how you offended me. It's kind of like a uh, intervention, I suppose, is what Jesus is kind of telling us to do, to have an intervention with this person. And actually, one other thing I want to mention, the reason also you bring witnesses is to make sure that there is no lying happening, that everything is being um, said coherently, and that there's no crazy stuff happening, especially if this person doesn't listen and goes back and lies about it. There are witnesses there that can say, no, that's not what happened. So Jesus tells us to bring witnesses along just to make sure everything is okay. But now Jesus says in verse 17, but if the person refuses to listen to the witnesses and to you, then you tell it to the church. That is when the church can intervene 
and talk to this person. If the man who offended you or the woman who offended you refuses to hear the church, then that's it for that person. Don't associate with him anymore because he doesn't have a humble heart. He doesn't have the kind of heart that is for Jesus for God. He has a stubborn and selfish heart that refuses to hear the truth. And Jesus, once again, he had actually said this next verse to Peter, but now he's saying it to us. He says, most certainly I tell you, whatever things you bind here on earth will have been bound in heaven, and whatever things you release on earth will have been released in heaven. So Jesus is giving us authority. He's giving the church authority. Whatever we do here on earth, if we decide that that person in the congregation who offended the other person is no longer part of the assembly, then that rings true in heaven as well. It's a unique relationship that the church has with heaven. You know, actually, Jesus often says that the church is like the bride of Christ. We have that relationship with heaven. If the church decides upon something like that here on earth, then it rings true in heaven as well. And after this, he talks about a very famous verse that many of us already know. It is, when two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the middle of them. So this is talking about prayer and assembly and the congregation of the church and fellowship and all that good stuff. When people are gathered together in Jesus's name, he is there with those people. But you have to be gathered in Jesus's name for him to be in the middle. You have to be in line with God's will. So this this verse could be taken out of context. Actually, I've heard it taken out of context before, where people believe that Jesus is just going to give us whatever we want, especially if two people pray for the same exact thing. Well, that's not necessarily true. It has to be in line with God's will, especially. So when we are in line with God's will, Jesus will, in fact, be in the middle of that assembly of people. So that is why there are churches that are falling in America. I think, I'm actually, I'm not going to talk on this too much because I could really rabbit trail on this, but there are churches that are failing in America. And people look at that and say like, oh, you know, Christianity is awful. You know, Christianity causes all these problems and, you know, this and that. But it's not Christianity. It's the fact that the people who are in that church, and maybe not everybody, but at least the elders and the preachers who were in that church were not assembled under God, which is where these problems start to happen. We have to be assembled in God's name in order for him to listen to us. We have to be in line with his will because his will is the best. He's not going to stop his will from happening just because we want something temporarily that's going to cause nothing but pain and misery in the long run. He's not going to do that. That makes absolutely zero sense. He's going to do what's in line with his will because his will is the best. It's the best way for everybody. It's the best for you. It's the best for me. So even though we think we might want something that maybe God doesn't want us to have and we get upset with God because we don't get that thing that we believe we should have, there is a reason we aren't getting it. And it's probably because it's not good for us in some way. Or it's possible because it's not going to be good for another person in some way if we get 
what we want, it's going to cause somebody else pain and misery or who knows. But one way or the other, God's will is the best and we have to be in line with God's will in order for him to be gathered there with us. So directly after this, Peter comes up to Jesus and he's, he's asking the Lord, he's like, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? So this is right after Jesus is talking about the man who offended his neighbor and that neighbor went up and talked to him. Peter is asking, how many times is that neighbor allowed to offend me before I shouldn't forgive him anymore? <laughs> and he's like, until seven times? And Peter probably thought seven was a huge number. You know, if somebody offends you in the same way seven times, it's going to be pretty hard to forgive that person after the seventh time, even if that person is begging for forgiveness. So Peter throws out a random number and he's like seven times. And, and Jesus is like, no, not seven times, but 70 times seven times. So what's 70 times 7? 140 times? He's like, don't forgive your brother just seven times. But if he keeps doing the exact same thing over and over and over, go to him in this way every single time. Tell him about the offense that he made against you. Then forgive him. I should mention one thing. There's two ways that God talks about handling conflict. It's either this way that Jesus says to go to the person and talk to them about it or to just drop it and forgive them. So there's two ways. And Jesus always talks about forgiveness. He talks about forgiveness even when the person doesn't ask for forgiveness or even if it's our enemies. Forgive the enemies. In fact, when Jesus was on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they are doing. And this was while they were spitting on him, harassing him on the cross, nailing him to the cross, beating him. And he was saying, Father, forgive these people. So we are supposed to emulate Jesus Christ, even though that is very hard. Forgiveness is a very, very hard topic, and it's even harder to apply in our own lives. I completely understand that forgiveness is hard. But if Jesus could forgive people who were in the process of beating him and killing him, then certainly we are supposed to be like Jesus and we are supposed to do our best to emulate that kind of behavior and to forgive the people who offend us. And it's not always easy. That is why we need to ask Jesus to help us because Jesus does in fact give us that spirit of forgiveness when we truly want it. So even though it is hard, it is not impossible and we should strive for it as best as we can. Faithful listeners, thank you for tuning into this episode this morning. Join me tomorrow, 6 a.m. for another episode out of Genesis. And we are talking more about Joseph's story. I left you guys kind of on a cliffhanger yesterday. So uh, definitely tune in tomorrow at 6 a.m. to hear the rest of that story. Also, check out those Alive devotionals that I am going to be uh, linking in the bio of this podcast episode. Take a look at those and definitely let me know how you think of them and if you purchase them. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns regarding the Alive devotionals, definitely go to my website, www.p40ministries.com, and fill out a contact form, and I will get back to you as quickly as I possibly can. But faithful listeners, I will see you tomorrow bright and early at 6 a.m. Happy listening, and God bless. Thank you.